You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. So glad you could join for another episode of ENM. Today, we are so happy to be joined by Steph Baron Hall of Nine Types Co. She's not only an author, a fellow Truity blogger, a communications expert, but she is a fantastic person. I am so glad you're going to get to meet her if you haven't already. She has an enormous Instagram. You probably already follow her, but if you don't, she has an extraordinary gift with packing in great bits of info about each type in relationship and on teams. She has courses she'll tell us about, but I just love her heart, her energy, her work ethic. It is a gift to have her. So make sure you stay here for this whole episode. She is talking about marriage and how to communicate without literally losing it during these holidays when so many couples are at odds and so many people are not only dealing with, like we talked about last month, family of origin stress and like Dr. Jerome talked about last week, like not knowing how to get regulated after being dysregulated. But now we're throwing in, we have financial matters to discuss. And some of you have your money together. Some of you have your money apart. We're not advocating for only one system. I know there's a million great ones like the Rachel Cruz system and we have YNAB and she's going to tell us next episode because we're doing a double with her about another great money tool. And there's so many great programs, but Steph's heart is for individuals, couples, and teams to really thrive when it comes to communicating. And I love her approach because you've probably heard me say before that I think that I got more counseling training from my communications degree, like even more than psychology. And Steph has an advanced degree and extra training in the field of communications. So know that you're getting an expert in interpersonal communication so that you guys can truly get more aligned. And just like we said last week with Dr. Jerome, if you're getting just one tip, bring it actively home. And as my sensation and perception teacher, okay, I'm using psychology a little here too, but she taught me many, many years ago, close your eyes, picture yourself doing it. We know from Atomic Habits, take time to write it down. That will take you from the 30 to 90% likelihood that you'll do this change, but make sure you bring tips with you. And then of course, re-listen for more, but just bring at least one with you. And we'll talk with her in just a second. I just want to give a quick family update to say, A, thanks to the E&M Collective family. We have new members to join. I'm so excited about that. And we'll have more of that coming your way in early 2023 for those who are just like, man, I missed. But also my actual family has people growing up all the time and in crazy ways, even Wes and I. And the quick update there is that my nine is in driver's ed already. My four is on the road, has been taking her siblings sometimes to events. And it is just all together wonderful and terrible at once because here she is applying to colleges. We're doing this whole thing of having to get her ready for that. And I'm her main academic advisor. And it's been such a joy, such a blast to watch senior performances, to see her excel, but also know she's just at the beginning like we were when we were getting ready to graduate. And it's it's a beautiful journey to watch unfold, but it's almost like after walking through a journey of pregnancy or adoption, and now you're you're launching. And so it's like another nine month school year of, you know, or however long of just watching and waiting for things to unfold. And it's quite emotional. So if you catch me ever going slower these days, that would be why not obviously in speaking, but in terms of just Instagramming, because I am also just focused in on my family, my clients and my collective, because I have to make sure that I don't miss. And this is just a lesson for you to whatever you're doing with me, make sure you're intentional about your people. And that even means like, it doesn't matter if you want kids in your life or if you're past that season, like whoever your people are, 
Make sure you're spending lots of good time with them, but not to the exclusion of doing what you are called to do. Wes and I got that tip this past weekend. We were on our date. Our kids were performing at a nursing home and these guys were having their time. We were having our date time and it was just like, we were so excited. We were proud of them and we were trying to have just some one-on-one time and a couple of people joined our lunch that we didn't expect. One was a woman grieving and just needing our attention and another was a friend and he needed our attention too and turns out he was grieving too. So even though our date was not what we had expected or planned, we both felt such a goodness of our glow. Like we were like, you know what? Like we try to bring goodness and joy wherever we go as a one and a seven and like this is it. Like this is the moment where you just you had put your plans out there and you released them to God. And it was a really special time to be able to be right there with them in their grief, having walked through it before myself. And yet it only took 30 minutes out of our date. So be open, be ready to share your glow out there and know that you are doing beautiful things when you're just also, of course, having your date. And Wes was like, do you want to go anywhere after this? I'm like, no, I just want to go home, honey, because I know that like we will be found and like we need our time now. So it was really sweet, but it was really precious to remind you guys just now, like, like I said, don't, you know, forget that while you're out there doing your thing, but don't forget sometimes your thing, it is loving others, not just hoarding in self-prize mode. So if you're following along in the, an E&M relationship glow planner this month, you know, we're looking at money through instincts like, yes, take some time for you and your family, but take some time one-on-one and make sure you take some time, obviously sharing in the world. It, I mean, there's nothing better than having that balanced. And it's obviously also such a fun comfort to see like when our kids grow up and go off, like we're just not missing a beat. Wes and I are also leading a group right now outside of that at our church. And we're like, this is new. Like this is territory we haven't hit in so long because the seasons are so bulky with kids. But you know, it's beautiful to come through that and see what's on the other side. So just wherever you're at right now, know this season will not last forever and be open to new plans. And now Steph's going to give you a chance to really walk that out in your life with some tips. And we get to hear about her three, one glow, which is, I think, a little bit more common, quite honestly, in culture than the one seven glow, because Trudy recently released a study that sevens are the least common type, only 5% of people. So I bet you there's a lot more people listening that are the one three glow and you get a chance to hear today. So I'm very excited for you. And it's different than we've had before because we've had a husband who was a three both other times. And this time it's the wife who's the three stuff. So let's listen to her about not only her glow out there, but also tips for money and communication for you guys. Oh my gosh, we need all the help we can get pre-holidays, post-holidays, whenever you're listening. All right, I am listening with you. I am so happy to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage Pod today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, Steph, I've been following your account for so long, as have absolutely hundreds of thousands of others. So we are just (laughs) privileged. Thank you for all your work on the Enneagram and communication. Thank you. Yeah, it's so bizarre. When you say hundreds of thousands, it's like so shocking to me. But there it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a reality because you put out such quality content. So already making a plug for her IG, you guys. But but seriously, tell us about yourself and a little bit about your work and um, your relationships. Sure. Um, so my name is Steph, and I have really been interested in the Enneagram for... Oh gosh. Now I'm, I'm trying to to think because I always say like five years, but actually that's not, that's not true. So I think I was first introduced in 2015. However, um, before that I was just always interested in personality, anything like Mm -hmm. I, when I was an undergrad, I studied psychology and I was really interested in the specific intersection of using personality tools in the workplace to improve communication and things like that. So even at that time, you know, that was a fascination of mine. Yeah. Um, but I was able to work in some different organizations where we used, you know, tools, not the Enneagram, but, but similar tools. And I just loved, you know, how much it helped diffuse some of the miscommunications and misunderstandings. Mm. So my husband actually introduced me to the Enneagram. He heard about it on a podcast, of course. And then Mm -hmm. he 
you know, handed me his ready results. And I was like, sounds about right. But then I just kind of brushed it off because I was interested in this other tool at the time, which also happened to be Mm motivation-based. And then a few months later, my older sister, of course, was like, Hey, you have to take this test. And you know, I, she's the older sister, so I have to do what she says. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I, I did. And, I was just immediately like hooked. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how this all began. And, you know, I can talk a little bit more about my business if you're interested, but, but that's kind of how I got started on this path. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Tell us about your business and your personality type. Sure. So when I first took that assessment and it popped up with the achiever, Mm-hmm. I thought, oh my gosh, yes, I have won. I am the <laughs> achiever. <laughs> like, look at me go. <laughs> that's awesome. Pretty quickly. Um, yeah, that's a very eye roll inducing <laughs> response, I recognize, but pretty quickly I started reading more about the actual tool and I was like, oh my gosh, people mm. can see me. Like people can see these things about me. Mm. And it was exposing and devastating and frustrating and all of the things, you know? Yeah. So I, it it took me a while to kind of like, and I I just remember at the time, like sitting on my balcony and like journaling and being like, please make me something different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like not this type. Um, but I, it's really undeniable, like how that has always played a role in my life. Mm -hmm. And at the time I, you know, I had a full-time job. I was also working as a wedding florist. So that was my Mm -hmm. side hustle at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And I like my entire story is honestly cycles of burnout Mm -hmm. and very three, I think, but Mm -hmm. you know, so I was working full time. I was doing um, this wedding florals business and I just burned myself out. I did like, I think 24 weddings in 2016 or something or 24 events or something like that. And it was just, you know, so much work. Um, and of course, as a three, I had specific goals. And once I hit all of them, I was like, now what, you know, Mm -hmm. um, like I was like, I want to be in these national publications. And so then once I accomplished that, I thought, okay, what's next? Yeah. So I, and I was pretty burned out. So Mm -hmm. I always say I got bored for five seconds and started a new business. So, um, in 2017, Mm -hmm. I was just really into the Enneagram and I was thinking about what is my new business going to be. I was listening to a podcast and got this idea to create coffee mugs for each Enneagram type. Mm -hmm. Um, so they have these little emblems that have, it's actually not really in in alignment with anything I teach now, but at the time they were really fun. (laughs) Um, and so I, I created these mugs and I just thought like, cool, like this is going to be awesome. So, um, I, in 2017 started my Instagram solely for the purpose of selling these coffee mugs. Mm -hmm. And actually we did really well that first, um, Mm -hmm. holiday season and, and, you know, made back the investment. Um, but then I didn't really post about anything, you know, Mm -hmm. except for the mugs. And then I started noticing about a year later, I had gotten my first, um, coaching certification for the Enneagram specifically. I had started teaching in groups and organizations and I started grad school. So all of that happened in that intervening year. And I started noticing that people really loved hearing about the tool itself. Um, so when I would post something about a specific type versus just about the mug, people really liked that. Mm -hmm. And so then it kind of, you know, it was off to the races. I I started actually posting more about the Enneagram and the the depth of it and everything. Um, and you know, and at the same time, I was uh, getting uh, my master's, and so and going, you know, working full time as well. So um, all and of that was communication happening at once. masters, right? Yeah. So organizational communication and leadership. Yeah. Wonderful. So this is a lot. And then now you're then you were yeah. writing a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a year later, I I wrote my first book. So that was really exciting. Um, oh. And yeah, which is really honestly about interpersonal communication. It's called the Enneagram in Love, but um, the focus is really name. that interpersonal aspect. Yeah. That's so cool. Wow. So then, yeah. So more was born because you kept pushing 
in good ways. And sounds like you kept learning because now you weren't just on this train kind of, of let's go, go, go. But now you actually had to face your Enneagram learning at the same time. That must've been interesting. Yeah. And I think it's something I continue to wrestle with because being self-employed means that, and, and a three, you know, so I know that like slowing down, unplugging, not pushing so hard, those things are really healthy for me. And at the same time, like a girl's got to eat, you know, like I have to work. So I have to figure out what is that balance where I am bringing in the revenue into my business that I need to support myself and also not pushing myself so hard. And there are definitely times where I'm like burned out and I'm like, but it literally doesn't matter because I still have to pay my mortgage. I still have to buy groceries. Um, And so it's kind of just an interesting thing to be at three and to be in that Mm -hmm. um, space of trying to move toward health. And um, really what it means though, I'll be honest, is just being really preemptive about those things. So Mm -hmm. looking at my schedule and being like, okay, this season is going to be just a little wild in terms of my schedule. Mm -hmm. And looking ahead and figuring out where I can schedule in downtime and being a little bit more like religious about taking weekends off. Um, yeah, that's good. That's really good. And when you're doing your personal work as a three, you're also going, okay, but this isn't just because of identity. This is because I want to make money for my well being, And this is important yeah. to my livelihood. And so it's Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs instead of you just saying like, I'm nobody unless I'm working. So I like how we can distinguish that. And let's be honest, we all still do our Enneagram work anyway. So there are probably days where I'm very much the unhealthy seven and maybe you struggle with those components. But I like hearing you tell our audience, like, it's not bad to have these traits if you're balancing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really interesting too, because I think one of the biggest ways that my type shows up in the type of work that I do Mm -hmm. is actually in hiding, not in being out in front of people. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, um, it's really at times it's been really difficult for me to be consistent and to show up on Instagram because I would rather not risk what people will think about me. Right. I would rather not risk getting negative feedback. And I have to delineate here. It's fine for people to disagree with me on themselves or their Enneagram type or whatever. When I say negative feedback, what I mean is um, people who are just trolling basically. (laughs) Right. So that's a whole different thing, but, um, (laughs) like I think the perfectionism and the, the way that I, you know, slide right on over to type six and start overthinking about my strategy and being like, how is this strategically all going to fit together? Those sorts of things keep me from actually showing up on Instagram or, you know, God forbid, TikTok (laughs) in the way that I think I would really like to. Um, So it's, it's really interesting for me to like, try to practice. What does it look like to be a little bit more personal? What does it look like to me for me to show up imperfectly? Um, Those things can be really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you're, I mean, I'm feeling like we're getting a nice deep dive on three and this is why I'm so happy we're getting a meaty episode with you because it's two parts. And now we can slide into like, what are the depths of this? Like, and you're just being honest, like it is hard not to show up in a perfectionistic way. And yet I'm going to tell you, we also appreciate when you threes do that. You do dazzle us. We do come to expect it. And so it is good for all of us, not just you, but for those of us who could keep threes in their shadow to just appreciate what you're saying is like, let's give some space for everybody to show up however they show up because showing up is a good thing, period. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I've actually talked with a number of threes who want to show up more online and just have such a hard time with it. Um, because, and and there is that stereotype, right. That threes are so flashy and they just want all the attention all the time. And yes, you know, there is definitely that side of the three, but I think in a lot of ways, 
the perfectionism aspect of it can be so overwhelming that it makes it really difficult. And um, I think threes always feel like we're not doing enough. And so we just kind of curl up in a little ball and, and decide not to do anything at all at times, you know, and then there's that nine arrow. So, <laughs> which I love for you because yeah. you deserve that. Like if anybody deserves some time there, it's threes because yeah. you really do need it. And I, we've all, you know, anyone who's done coaching knows, yes, a three can go there for too long, but like just to be able to go there on weekends or these designated spaces preemptively is nice for me to hear because you deserve that. You are putting out such wonderful content. And I will validate this. And trust me, I wouldn't say anything if I couldn't validate it, but I'm going to validate that I've never experienced you as that flashy three. It's I see consistently amazing content. That's what I see when I see your page. So I think you have a long way to go that any of us would think you were trying to be flashy. But I also love that you're like, but but I can't do it all. So I have to choose yeah. what I do. And I can't always yeah. be on Instagram or TikTok or doing this. And you're delivering great books. So we're just thankful yeah. that you're here with us right now, quite honestly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, one thing you said too, like, I, I think I really appreciate that you bring such a positive um, perspective on the types and especially the relationships, you know, the, the glow up, I can't remember what you call it. Thank you. The Enneagram Your glow. Relational yeah, glow, but I you do know. say glow up too. I love that. Term. Yeah. And it's funny because it's so easy for me to see the negative sides of it. I think that just is, there's a lot to that. There, there are a lot of reasons, but, um, recently I did a podcast interview with my husband because it was our anniversary. So I was like, I roped him in and awesome. he, uh, begrudgingly <laughs> did it. Um, oh gosh. but he said, he was like, the thing is I have amazing ideas but like, you're the one who's actually going to make it happen. Like you're the one who like has ideas and then goes out and does it. And he's like, sometimes the hate you receive for being a three. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think it's just envy that other people mm-hmm. are like, you are making things happen for yourself. And I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was so sweet because I've never thought of it that way. And I, we've talked so much about how my approach to work can be hard for our relationship. And so it was like, so nice to hear that Mm -hmm. perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, also because lately I've just been, um, on him, like, come on, do it. Like, do the thing you want to do. Like, let's, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that hard? Now we're dying to know his type through all of this too. What's his name and his type. So Brandon is a type one. Okay. So you've got that one, three glow. And so he's like, He's seeing it all, what could be in that perfect form and you're mm-hmm. doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, I, a friend, uh, Tara McMullen, um, just recently, she has this podcast called what works mm-hmm. and she talks all about online business and she posted this thing that was uh, social media managers by Enneagram type. And the type one was posts every other day at 11 55 AM without fail. And that is my husband to a T like, so he's a designer, which the way that he thinks about design, not just graphic design, but design as a concept is very one. Um, but he (laughs) for a while was doing this entire Instagram page about like creating his designed about disc golf in particular. So that's his sport. That's his favorite, you know, thing. Pretty sure I saw him just, just leave and go, go play disc golf right now. But he had like a schedule, like a religious posting schedule for his like disc golf content. And I was like, take it easy. Like, just put it out there. It's okay. It's like, no, I have to post it this time every time. That is so, so funny. Yeah. Funny. And how nice that like he, you have him now to say, as we grow healthier together, like he's now like, let me take a step back and be like, wow, look at what Steph does. Like, and I agree with you. A lot of people wouldn't have necessarily recognized that about the three, but it's huge. It's so true. I mean, we could, I could talk about it all day because I know what you're saying is real and I've seen the heart of a three, but I'm glad he sees that. And I also am glad that you're like able to challenge him in fun ways to be like, okay, but like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just get it out there. And yet I know that he blesses you too. tell us about how he met you and how you got like, what attracted you guys to each other? Uh, yeah, it's such a funny story. So we went to a small, like liberal arts school and at our school um, college. Mm -hmm. So 
university, I guess. Um, so at our school, we had like brother, sister floors. I think that's pretty common. A lot of schools, um, especially when you don't have co-ed floors. Mm -hmm. So I, I was the RA on my floor and he was the RA's roommate on our brother floor. So I knew his roommate just because we like were working together. Um, they were a year older than my year. So we kind of like had connected, but we didn't know each other that, that well. So we planned a barbecue. And when I got there, Brandon was there cooking all the things. So like the, you know, the burgers, the hot dogs, whatever. So I was kind of like, oh, like, I guess he's like kind of cute, you know? And at the end of the night, he carry, he helped me carry things to my roommate's car. Um, and I made a comment about how, um, about how, like something having to do with how the car died earlier, but like I made a comment about, you know, some of the mechanisms of the car itself. And he, of course, because I got this all the time, this is in Southern California. And I was like one of the few people from Texas. He of course immediately made fun of me for being from Texas because I knew something about cars and I honestly don't anymore, but at the time I did, like I knew a lot about cars. Um, it's one of those things that has escaped me at this point. Um, but you know, and and I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you know, whatever. And then apparently I don't remember this. So he might've done this might have been a a hard hit to the head, but, um, he closed the trunk on my head. I don't remember, but he said he did that. I don't remember. (laughs) Um, and so off to the races, of course. Um, no, I, you're hilarious. I do think that there is like a thing with me. If I have an immediate strong reaction to somebody, mm-hmm. we normally will get along like immediately, especially like immediate, mm-hmm. like strong dislike or strong. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like there are some people where I just don't. Yeah. I don't Meh. click and that's fine. Yeah. But mm-hmm. normally like an immediate strong reaction. I've just noticed like, I'm like, okay, yeah. we might get along. So anyway, I, um, not too long after, I saw him in the calf. So I said, hi, Brandon. And he literally said hi in the fastest possible way. And like speed walked away from me. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, well, he does not remember me and that is fine. (laughs) So then, and this is so (laughs) funny. A couple weeks later, it was my birthday. He like somehow friended me on Facebook or something. And then he liked comment where somebody said happy birthday beautiful and that was the only comment that he liked and I was like oh my gosh does he like me (laughs) and my roommate's friend was in the room at the time she's like oh my gosh you're gonna marry him that's hilarious you know sarcastically how funny yeah anyway so we he started he learned that I like coffee so he started showing up and going to the coffee shop on campus very early in the morning to like kind of just happened to be there when I walked by. Then I noticed that he was there one time and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to like go there every morning too. Sometimes I'd come and sit with him and his friend. Sometimes I would just be really cool about it and be like, Hey, and go back to my room with my coffee, (laughs) you know? Um, so that lasted for a couple of months. And then he finally asked me out like months later. Um, and yeah, that was 12 years ago. So here we are. My gosh, that is so darling. I love that story. It's such an opposites attract story too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of two people who are like, uh, wait, you literally said you did this to my head in the trunk of the car. <laughs> Like, and like, made fun of me. And like that banter is what is in all of the best stories. And I mean, I know that every couple here has that sometimes where they're like, you drive me crazy. And that's exactly for some reason what we need is somebody to challenge us. So you, especially as a three, I'm just thinking that through with you, like you needed somebody to challenge you or you would be bored. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, previously I dated some different people who very much were like on the, I worship you type of train. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for me, I really don't do well with that. Mm -hmm. And I really 
like it was really useful and, and helpful for me, like both for like growth, but also just to be able to have a relationship. Like I, I appreciate that he's not somebody who's like, it's just important for me to to have somebody who there's like some pushback. Right. So he has his opinions and and everything and I have mine and we don't have to like agree on everything and, Mm -hmm. and we can have good, deep conversations and it's not like, okay, well, whatever you say goes, um, from either of us, you know? And so I think that's really useful for us. Mm, I do too. And you're with, when you're with a one, you're with somebody who is an improver to push you, but I think you're also lucky to be with somebody who, um, as an assertive aggressive type on your end. And of course I know this being one as well. It's like that person also levels you and says like, let's commit to the traditions of time together and let's get our times in order. And let's, you know, make sure that we don't miss what's the most important as much as they want to improve you and make things efficient. Um, they're doing the same with themselves, with the world, with everybody they can. And so obviously you need to balance that out and be like, like you just said, like, Hey, I'm not going to do like everything you say and vice versa. Um, but thank you. Thank you for trying to influence us for the better. And I feel like that's probably when you glow the brightest together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting because he definitely takes this perspective on like, I mean, yes, he's a one, but he also, I think he just really enjoys enjoying life. Like he, he very much takes this perspective of what is the point of working all the time? If you don't have time to actually enjoy your life, like what is the point? And so he very much works to really cultivate a life that he really loves and enjoys, um, and so that's definitely caused us to butt heads at times, but it's really helpful for me to be able to like find those times of like, is this worth it for me? Like mm-hmm. asking that hard question, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and, and thinking, okay, if I'm like building a business that I hate, yeah. what's the point of that? You know? Right. Um, and that can be so easy for a three to just be like, I'm going to do whatever gets me attention, accolades, whatever people think that I'm doing well. And then I think a lot of threes end up in a a career or in even like a life path that they thought that they wanted and they just don't like it. And so having to reevaluate. So I feel like he's very much that person who asked that question early on. Good. And he gets it. If you say, I need to pivot and shift because something's making me miserable. I feel like as a one, he would be like, I don't want that for you. We want better for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then of course, push you to do your best. <laughs> and I know that. Right, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you for telling us some of the nuances of you guys together. We've had, um, we've had two couples before you that were one, three on the show, but they've had a three male and a one female. And Although I think Enneagram is huge, I also think we have other overlays that are big. So thank you for just letting us walk through one more aspect of this pairing. And of course, most of all, your heart in it. Um, What do you feel like has been most fascinating to you lately in terms of all of your studies with basically psychology and personality and, and, and relationships? Oh my gosh. I I mean, there's so much. Um, I think it's kind of interesting because I, I do read a lot of Enneagram stuff, uh, but I read a lot of other things as well and, and like to learn about different things. Um, and lately I've just been thinking a lot more about, um, how do we like level up in other areas? Um, so I'm specifically thinking about how do I, um, improve the way that I work with teams and organizations. So I've been getting some more materials on that specifically. Yes. I, of course, you know, have like all these organization development textbooks, but, um, in that type of grad program, there's a big emphasis on personal development, which is useful. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. That's really useful. I'm, I think that it's really valuable for, um, self-leadership to be such a big part of it, Mm -hmm. but, I was just thinking I want more practical tools for that. So I have just purchased like a stack of books about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also recently got a couple of psychology textbooks. So those are really interesting to me and I'm excited to jump into them. Mm -hmm. Um, So reading about, I guess, like a latest um, example would be, I have been reading about the window of tolerance concept from 
uh, Dan mm-hmm. Siegel. Um, so I really like that. I have, of course, like books about um, internal family systems therapy. Mm-hmm. So I, I read about that a lot and and think about that. Um, use the meditations on, you know, the insight timer and things like that. Um, so I feel like there's nothing necessarily Enneagram related, but I think the way that the Enneagram plays in for me mm-hmm. is wanting to make sure that I'm not just like, co- like busying myself with collecting knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think for me, the emphasis toward practicality is really important. So I'm wanting to push myself to dig a little bit deeper, like make, making sure that I'm not just skimming the surface, getting a working knowledge and then going and teaching it, but digging it deeper to, to deeply apply it in my own life. Um, and then also finding ways to integrate that into my teaching or, or into practice, um, but kind of starting at that digging deeper point first um, for myself and then moving into to the external application. Mm, I mean, that's beautiful because that's your three work anyway. So you're like, I get right. to practice this with groups, but actually make sure it's internalized first. And I can't think of a better way to do that. And I think integrating IFS with the Enneagram, we've been talking a little bit about that in our in our collective it's nice to be able to say like, what's going on with my inner attachment work so that I can bring that out into the world. And, and also with Dan Siegel, like you're definitely going to have more to give when you have expanded your window of tolerance. So this Mm -hmm. is why she's performing so high guys, because she's doing her work. (laughs) So now we come to our biggest question for you today. And that is because you're so gifted with communication and, and this month we're covering finances. So many couples struggle with this This is sometimes labeled as one of the big three issues in marriage. What are a few tips for just couples who need to have hard conversations around this topic, but don't know how too. Yeah. I mean, I think just to preface this, I would say it's helpful to keep in mind that everything is communication. Mm. So everything, like the way that we express ourselves and the reason that the Enneagram and communication are so important to talk about together is communication is basically the umbrella term we use to describe how our type is expressed. Mm. So that's why it's useful to know and understand. Mm -hmm. And it's really useful to be using it in the sense of like, I am allowing you to have your own motivation Mm -hmm. and me to have my own motivation. So I'm not like assigning my motivation to your behavior or your communication, but I'm trying to look deeper and really understand and and take your perspective. So my three things, Mm -hmm. we still go back to this all the time. First off is the speaker listener technique from the Gottmans. Mm -hmm. I think that's so useful and I'm sure that you could probably describe it better than I I can, but how I think about it. Um, yeah, how I think about it is like, so if you're in an argument that you're noticing that's getting tense or, or even just a conversation doesn't have to be an argument, but literally saying, okay, you're going to go first Mm -hmm. your partner. So, so internally imagine, or you can like physically do this. If you would like to, you imagine like gathering up all of your thoughts and feelings about the topic like a ball and just setting it next to you, like on the chair or whatever. So it's, it's set aside. Things are still there, but now it's their turn to speak. Your partner talks about what's important to them, how they're feeling, what they're experiencing, all these things. You rephrase it. So don't use their exact words, but speak back to them what you're hearing Mm -hmm. and say, is that right? Mm -hmm. And they'll say yes, or they'll say no, and, and they'll clarify and then say, is there more? And again, they, they go through that whole process where they, they share everything. And then finally, when, you know, there's nothing more, mm-hmm. everybody gets to take a breath and then you switch sides So, and talk about what you're thinking and feeling and like really centering it on one person at a time, not responding. That's really important. So not responding and, and arguing, but like making sure that they feel really heard. Mm-hmm. And I think for my husband and I, we both tend to be very, um, I like, we're not argumentative, Mm -hmm. but like we have strong opinions and we're not people who back down from them easily at all. I want that for you to not just merge entirely. I love that you give, I think ones do really, really well when they get some pushback. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and both of us, I mean, and we can get heated about stuff Mm -hmm. and if either of us ends up shutting down, it causes problems. So we have to be able to like bring things back and to 
not get flooded, but like to, to really stay in that zone where we can have a good conversation and to be okay with each other too, saying like, okay, I'm flooded right now. Mm-hmm. Time out. Let's come back to this later. So that's my number one, really, you know, number two, I love this thing that Brene Brown always says, which is the story I'm telling myself is, mm-hmm. and recognizing that we are making meaning out of what is happening. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the stories that we're telling ourselves, the meaning that we're making out of it is not what's actually happening or it's not what that other person intended. And so it gives an opportunity to clarify things. And normally it allows us to engage with more empathy um, in the way that we're talking, um, in the way that we're we're conversing about, about different things. Because if if I tell my husband the story I'm telling myself is that you think I suck at everything. Yeah. Well, he is going to be like, whoa, that I'm so like, I don't want you to feel that way. Like that, yeah. that's awful. Like, let's talk about that, you know, and he can meet me there yeah. Um, versus, you know, if I have that internally and I don't speak it out and I just react from that place that of defensiveness and hurt and anger, mm-hmm. that's a very different conversation, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. And I could see it with finances going in this direction of like the story I'm telling myself is that you don't want to have any fun with me or you don't care about saving money or, you know, you're not investing yeah. in me long-term and you don't care about my well being. Like it could go in so many directions. And I hear you saying like, it's so important that we don't just allow our instincts to guide us, but that we check back in to see if we're even gauging. And sometimes we're not right. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really helpful to be able to like kind of clarify those things and say them out loud. Um, and then I think the last thing is discussing family of origin communication patterns in a non-judgmental way. Mm. So we often just disregard how much our family of origin communication patterns and, and, you know, financial communication patterns, um, impact us. We just, we just think, oh, it's fine. Like it's, it's not a big deal. Like I'm my own person now. And it's the truth is that we're all so layered. There's so many different things. Um, Brandon and I, we both were intercultural studies minors, Mm. um, in college. So we learned this framework of talking about, um, high context versus low context communication. And that's been so fascinating for us. And so helpful for us in talking about the way that we communicate because we can say, Oh, like this means this to me. And this means this to you. So what are we actually trying to say though? Um, and communicating about communicating, I think is the main point. Oh my gosh. That's so fascinating. Tell us more about high context versus low context communication. That sounds so interesting. Okay. So I have a story for you. So my family is low context communication. So, and also I will say this is an intercultural concept, meaning that when we think of the way that this is normally applied, it's typically on um, a country by country or like culture by culture on the broad sense that it's normally on that scale. However, one of my big beliefs is that we all have an individual family culture. Mm -hmm. Like it's undeniable, you know, there, there's a way that we function within our families Mm -hmm. and there are thoughts and, um, you know, whether that's limiting beliefs or, or or things like that, that are passed down. Um, and especially when we talk about money, that's a whole, you know, (laughs) whole Mm thing. Um, huge. So, so low context means that you are not expected to gather a lot of information from the context in which we're communicating. The main communication comes from the message, the words that I'm saying. Mm. So my family is low context, meaning if we're going to go out to eat, we talk about it up and down for an hour, Mm. and then we decide where to go. And then we, we go, but it is like, everybody knows what's happening. We discuss it to the nth degree. It's just We're, we're, we're obsessing, right? So Brandon's family is very high context, which means that you are expected to understand the entire context of the communication. So fewer words are often said, and what you are expected to know is more about like, um, 
the different things that are happening, the different dynamics that are happening, the environment, all these different things. So you're expected to get a lot more from context and less from the actual words communication. And, and sometimes we, we label this as like passive or indirect communication. Um, but it's because the expectation is that there's other data or information that you're pulling. Mm, Fascinating. So they're like, look at the whole palette. Don't just look at your own color here and see us all. And it's a richer form in that way. But of course we know that it's also like learning a foreign language in marriage. Like this is so unusual. Like, how are you supposed to read this blind? Right. Um, He probably knows it. (laughs) Right. So, so this is like, because of our different communication environments, we, we, have very different approaches. So, um, a number of years ago, I actually can't remember if we were married or not mm-hmm. at this point. Um, but we, so we went to his parents' house. We were sitting on the sofa mm-hmm. and we were just visiting. Um, at the time we lived in Southern California, they're up here in Northern California. So we were sitting there on the sofa. His dad came home, came in the door and just said, Oh, no dinner yet. Just very, you know, flatly. He, just, just asking a question. Like this is not, there's no malicious intent here. Also, I should know, you know, everything is just very normal, positive, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and his mom just said, uh, -uh." and cause she hadn't started dinner 15 minutes later, I'm still on the sofa and everyone else is in the car pulling out of the garage. And Brandon is like, Hey, are you coming? And I was like, what is happening? And we're going out to dinner. I didn't know that everyone just knew no dinner yet. No, that means we are going out to eat one, two, um, everyone just knew to pile in the car and we discuss where we're going on the way. And it went totally over my head. And like, I feel like that example is so clear on how we can differ so much. And also, you know, our expectations around how easily or fluidly we spend money. Right. I grew up in a family that never went out to eat. So we talked to the nth degree. Um, and he grew up in a family that went out, you know, a few times a week. So it's no big deal. So we also have those layers to it as well. Um, but that's kind of what I mean by, by that contextual understanding. And, um, when we can talk about those types of things in our relationships, then we can understand something completely different that we wouldn't have known otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, so thinking like, you know, even conversations with my husband where I've, I've said, I've made a comment or asked a question. Um, sometimes for him, questions can sound like accusations. And for Mm -hmm. me, I'm genuinely asking a question. I'm like, Whoa, where did that response come from? You know, and, and talking about, Oh, like, let's pull that apart. Let's, let's kind of dissect it. Let's, let's figure out what's happening there. Um, then the next time that comes around, we can both come to it with like actually conversing, not just like immediately going with our gut reaction or gut response of how we were raised. Oh, wow. That's so cool. And I see a lot of healthy, um, wings here for you with the two and the four. Like I see you right in the center of the heart. Like I don't want to mess with you. I'm genuinely just asking a question because I want to get healthy together. And I think that's so important that we don't sabotage what we're trying to create. And I love hearing that, that you're invested in that. And I know as a one, he must love that too. Cause he's like, let's be efficient about this. Let's keep learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, it's really interesting for him to be like, okay, like there are different ways of doing things mm-hmm. and none of them are bad, but like, let's just talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always really helpful. Yeah. That's what he's, yeah. You've given him a lot of growth. I'm sure too, to really find the freedom in that side too, because I think that Uh, there is a lot of freedom in being from a family who says it all. And I know my one husband's appreciated that too. And now you're just making me think of, oh my gosh, I wonder if some of the types are more likely to have come from high versus low context. So much fun. What do you think about as far as, I know we're so happy we get this two-part episode with you, but is there a way that just because some of our guests are going to be, you know, taking off after this episode that we could find a way to connect with you? Like how can people continue to learn and grow from all you have to teach us about communication. Yeah. I mean, come hang out with me on Instagram. So at nine types co, I also have a course, which is called Enneagram IRL. And it's really walking you through the entire Enneagram. Um, and you can choose to get all nine types or just your type. Um, and then you also get 
regardless, whether you get online types or just your type, you also get an entire module that's about communication. So dissecting, you know, some of the ways that we communicate, some of the conflict triggers for each type, um, and, and really helping you to dive deeper into that. It's just like a really kind of helpful exploration of not only, you know, yourself and the Enneagram, but also your relationships and improving those. And so you get growth practices and workbooks and it, there's really a little something for everyone. So whether you're wanting to improve your own, um, self-understanding or you're wanting to go deeper with the Enneagram or you're feeling like what the heck I know my type, but now what, now, what am I supposed to do with this information? Um, that's a really great place to start. Um, and then you'll just get kind of like a treasure trove of all of my favorite resources and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's at enneagramirl.com. Oh my gosh, that is so perfect. And I love that we are affiliating finance month with a treasure trove. It is true. You are such a gift to us because you work so hard to bless others. So thank you so much. This is exactly why I had you on. You are just a huge gift. I mean it like, thank you, Steph. This has been such a blast. Thank you. Oh, and come listen to my podcast, Enneagram in Real Life. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Enneagram in Real Life podcast. And we've got everything in the show notes for you guys. She's amazing. You know this. You've heard it all. Okay. We'll see you later. Thanks, Steph. Thank you. Okay. Awesome. Please go to show notes to grab Steph's info and to get connected with her. Thank you so much for taking your time with us. We are so honored to get to walk alongside of you as you're growing and glowing out there. Make sure you take that one tip that you are going to take from this episode and right now put it into your mind and make a little plan for it and put it out there and do the best you can. That's all we can do. And we look so forward to hearing how it goes for you. I love hearing your updates. I get so happy when I hear the changes you're making in your lives. So thank you to those who are always giving me that reminder. And please know that even if you're not telling me, I'm just happy you're out there doing it. So glow out there and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.